Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to episode 19 of AI Movie Night. I'm your host, Joe Simpson, and tonight we're going to be previewing Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. Before we begin, be warned, throughout this discussion, we will touch on some of the things maybe that we've heard in the build-up to the film, maybe the odd thing from the trailer, but generally speaking, we'll, we'll be doing our best to avoid spoiling anything until maybe at the end of the pod, we might have a little discussion of the trailers. But obviously we'll warn you before that. So generally speaking, this is more about our excitement in the build-up to this film rather than discussing the film in any depth that would spoil it for you. Okay. Obviously, I'm really excited to discuss this, and I'm really lucky to be joined once again by Gags Tandon, host of the excellent Under Pressure and Gags Tandon podcast. How are you, Gags? I'm good, Joe. How are you? I'm excited about this. Oh, same, mate, same. I'm really looking forward to the getting into it with you. And hear, I know how, how much you love these films, so I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts. I'm also lucky enough to be joined by another regular, Andy Wales, another mad fan of Star Wars and the host of the excellent Reds Review podcast. How are you doing, Andy? I'm good, Joe. Thanks for having me on. Uh, hope you hope you were good too, mate, because, uh, yeah, I'm, I am excited to uh, to do this. I'm definitely uh, really, really uh, excited at the moment. Oh, that's great, mate. Thanks so much to you both for coming on. Obviously, there's a lot to discuss and time, is, as ever, is limited. So I'm just going to get straight into it. And I'm going to start by looking at, you know, obviously, since these new batch of Star Wars films have been announced, Star Wars fever has gone into absolute overdrive. And I know how excited you both were before The Force Awakens. How are you both feeling ahead of Rogue One? And I'll start with you, please, Gags. Oh, man, really excited. Really excited. It's a different, uh, different feeling to the other ones. I think that's what makes it even more exciting. And we're going to go into why. I think, I think the one thing we missed from seven was a certain character 
a certain character that we're going to talk about later. But um, the fact that Mr. Vader's in this is, um, I think, is blowing everyone's mind, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. And using the same voice and everything, it's just, you know, it just, it's just class. It's just class. No, could, so that, I, think, be... I think that that on its own is one aspect. But then there's loads of others. It's you know we, we're going to cover it all in the in, in this part. I think the excitement and why we're excited will probably be covered in, or you know, the rest of your your questions. I think, to be honest. Mm-hmm. No, no, you're right. We're going to look at all of this in much more depth throughout the pop. But it's great to hear that you're similarly excited now as you were for obviously the Force Awakens. What about yourself, Andy? Uh, I'm like gags, really. You know. I I think I'm as excited for this one as I was for uh, Force Awakens and 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 intrigued as well intrigued to see you know how they use Vader and uh, and just the whole story everything it's uh, I, I'm just, <laughs> just like you say you know I keep using that word excited to it it's it's so apt you know I'm just really really looking forward to watching this movie yeah, I think we're, I think we're all on the same page there, and I'm sure anybody listening will feel exactly the same. And I suppose that, that's really what this pod's about. Obviously, none of us have seen this film. It's really just about, you know, people who love the Star Wars films getting together and chatting and enjoying that anticipation in front of this uh, upcoming film. So, uh, once again, thanks to you both for joining me. I don't want to start on a negative note, but just just to see what your thoughts are in terms of obviously some of the previous Star Wars films and the prequels in particular didn't quite live up to expectations. Some would say they came nowhere near living up to those expectations. How are you that this one will? And if you are confident, why is that, Andy? I mean, on the, on the, the, the prequels, I mean, I, I quite enjoyed the third one. I must admit, I, I quite enjoyed that, you know, that joining the dots to get us back to you know where we'd all begun, and number two was was pretty good as well as I thought. Um, it was just the first one that was was quite poor really. But after watching the Force Awakens and seeing how well they'd done it, and they'd you know they'd, they'd really captured the magic and the imagination and everything, and you really felt as a fan, you know, of of God knows how many years, too many years to uh, that I care to remember, but. You know, watching these movies as a child and growing up and still loving them, and now my children enjoying them as well. You know, to to see that movie last year, it was it was clear that it was done by by someone who's a fan of the of the movies. You know, and and really understands them and gets what made them magical. And it was it was so well done that that I think the way that that was done gave me the confidence that this will be good as well. You know that they. I don't know. How it's hard to quite put it into words, but there's there's something there is something special about these movies, and and I felt that they captured it last time, and that's that is in essence what gives me the confidence that this one will be along the same vein. And it just like I said, I think it's going to be intriguing just how they expand these, you know, this little story. You know, what was a, just a line in the original Star Wars into into a full movie, and and I'm just you know, I'm anticipation is uh, is bubbling away no I, I i i feel exactly the same and i think as you say although i'm quite critical of, of of the prequels i did enjoy parts of them you know it's always good to have any taste of the star wars universe really i suppose would be my attitude and i think like you with with this upcoming one i think it reminds me a bit of the marvel films i suppose obviously we're still in the very early stages of these new star wars films but because of how well done 
the last one was and how they seem to pretty much get everything right for me anyway. I, I'm still similarly confident that they're going to carry this on. Obviously, I could have a different opinion after seeing the film, but at the moment, I have a lot of confidence it's going to continue in the same vein, so I'm really looking forward to that. What about yourself, Gags? I think you, you nicked my point there, really. The, the, the Marvel and Disney <laughs> side of things is, is why I'm really, really confident about it, because I think mm-hmm. they've nailed it, and they've shown, they've got a history of nailing it with all those Marvel films, you know? Different yeah. angles, different stories, and they've expanded, and it's been you know, acclaimed and, and all, all of those that even read the comics and have loved it, they're making so much money from them and there's absolutely no issues. No one complains about them. I think they, that's why they bought this franchise up because they thought, right, we're going to do something similar with this. We can expand this into places where people haven't even gone or seen, you know, or done. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's exactly what this movie is, a chance to expand it out, you know? Yeah. So, that- so I think they've got a track record of nailing it. So, you know, I think you've got to trust them a little bit. And and uh, before a movie, obviously, I mean, afterwards, we'll find out, won't we? we no, one, no one knows. You can have the odd dud here and there, can't you? But I, I think they won't want to... I think it's a big. it was a big risk for them, right, to do this. And yeah. th- I don't think they'd take the... I don't think they'd take a risk, you know, that, that big a risk. I think they know that there's got to be something in this movie. And I think also with Vader in... It's going to make money. It's people will yeah. just go because they have to, you know, like they have to yeah. see this guy again. It's the one thing that they, they have not seen for years. So yeah. fresh content with Darth Vader is a gold mine, I think, for Disney. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think you also hit on a, a, a link point to that, I suppose. I think the risk obviously is financial, but as you say, Star Wars plus Darth Vader, it's sort of a license to print money, but also the risk is of maybe undermining some of the buzz about the other continuing Star Wars saga. And I think they wouldn't take that chance, you know, and I think, as you say, it's like they're clearly, they seem like an extremely safe pair of hands handling all these different properties and they seem extremely smart and don't always take what would maybe seem like obvious choices, but actually are really wise and maybe picking directors who may not be, you know, at the very, very top, but are, are ready to take that next step to be obviously like superstar directors almost so to speak so no I think uh, there's a lot there to be confident about and some of what you said then um, links up to the next question I suppose obviously this this is the first Star Wars film that's a standalone film it doesn't really follow the Skywalker saga what are your thoughts about that Gags? I think it's fine I think it's fine. I think there is a Skywalker in there, mate. <laughs> there's still there's still Anakin in this. Oh, film. <laughs> oh, yeah, but he's sort of a, 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 to some extent a peripheral character. It's I not suppose following that saga, is it? I think it's 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 not a Skywalker saga, but it fits into somewhere um some somewhere into a story that's from that saga. So it's kind of filling mm-hmm. a gap or a, or a loophole maybe that was in the story when mm-hmm. you know from from the first the first film that ever came out, you know, how did they get these plans or whatever? And they're going to actually try and fill some of these holes up. So I, I think, yeah, it's, it's a, like I said before, it's a big risk. They're going away from it, but, um, I think it's fine. I think it's interesting. I think it's, it opens up new characters. You've got to make new characters, you know, fresh. It's very, very fresh, you know? 
So yeah, I yeah. don't think it's a. I don't think um, it's that much of a problem. P- P- they're still continuing with the, the the saga, the Star Wars saga. Later, we know that's still going. You know the the original one. Yeah. But if they have to expand or they want to expand and they want to make more money and they want to make it bigger, this has to happen somewhere down the line. Something's got to give. So yeah, I, d- I don't think it's that much of a problem. I think if people are are worried about it, you know, then mm-hmm. um, then yeah. I think I think um, I, I, I think don't watch it, <laughs> don't watch it. But it's a really exciting time. You've got to give it a chance. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with what you're saying there. I, I'll be honest. If anything, for me, it it, it intrigues me. I, I I like the idea that they're, they're going away from that saga and that the the sort of expanding and deepening and enriching that universe and you know showing you you know obviously uh, we've saw that main story strand throughout the films, but there's, these are huge, as the name suggests, Star Wars. These are huge pl- battles across the planets, and there's many, many interesting stories, and no doubt, with the right people involved, interesting characters to explore. So I'm glad that we've got that. But as you say, it's good to still have that touchstone of the likes of Vader and the Death Star and the things that we are aware of as well. So it's it's a nice jumping off point for these other things, I suppose, would be my take on it. What about yourself, Andy? I think what you mentioned there, you know, that those kind of points of familiarity are important to the movie, you know, for existing fans. But, you know, the fact that it doesn't centre around a Skywalker, then I'll be honest, it doesn't really bother me too much. I, th- I think because Star Wars has always had such a vast array of, you know, of colourful characters of, you know, it was almost like it wasn't just one or two leads. You know, you, you know, like five, six, seven lead characters, you know, lots of big, strong characters in the in the movies. And, you know, as a kid, my favourite characters weren't necessarily Luke Skywalker. You know, I was more I was more into Han Solo, you know, from the hero side of it. And, you know, I like Boba Fett. And, you know, so it wasn't I don't think it really matters too much, that you know, that it doesn't centre around that. Um, yeah, like I say, you know, it. It really doesn't bother me too much. I'm, I'm just looking forward to the whole thing, you know, just as a story. Or I'm just intrigued as well, you know, just to see that how the whole thing, you know, sort of pans out and and how they do this and how they map it out. So, but, but having some of them points of familiarity in there, like I say, I think they are important for you know for for existing fans to have something rather than a whole movie of getting to new com getting to know. Uh, completely new characters you know you do have to have a few bits in here and there that you do recognize so i think it you know that takes you straight into the movie but it's it's going to be interesting to see see how it's done no couldn't agree more i think they've said that there's loads of references as well to the other movies loads throughout the whole film so you don't feel alien to it so when you Mm -hmm. when you're watching it i think there'll be easter eggs and stuff as well so when you're picking up and stuff you're like oh shit i know what that means oh yeah you know what i mean so i think that's quite exciting yeah, I think you're right. I think that's key, isn't it? You've got to have enough there so that it still feels part of that same universe that we know and love. But equally, it's exciting that it's going to go in, you know, introduce these new characters and show you different aspects of some of the things we've already seen to some extent. And uh, that, that leads nicely on to the next question. I think Andy touched on it earlier on. Uh, what really interests me about this one is the way it's sort of based on one actual plot point from the first Star Wars. And I think that was only, you know, you know, a, a, a very short conversation in it and also a little bit of the opening crawl touching on the, the, you know, the plot to our 
how they obtain these Death Star plans. What do, does that excite you, Andy? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I must admit, I do. I like this whole sort of subplot into a movie kind of thing, you know. Providing obviously that there is enough there to develop into a story, which I think there certainly is for this. I mean, it was just the way that the line was delivered, and the well, you know, the few lines that were delivered, mm-hmm. and that sort of feeling about it, you know, the many Gungans died to get these plans and all the rest of it from the original movie. That that it, you could, you know, it was put across that it really meant something, and it is. It, I mean, it is a tremendous opportunity, really, to open it up, you know, and it's. I can, I'm thinking I could maybe sort of liken it to, you know, someone saying, oh, they're like the Foo Fighters. And from that, you know, discovering the Nirvana, you know, discovering different music, or because Dave Grohl was the drummer in Nirvana and he's in Foo Fighters. Mm-hmm. And it can be like that, you know, as a music fan, you get into some music and through that tenuous link, you then move on to another band or another performer. And, you know, you just move, you, you work your way along. And, yeah. They could, they, and it's something that they can do throughout the movies. You know, the, there could be lots of little subplots here and there. And there's so many, you know, potential opportunities because it's it's such a it is such a vast vast story. And it's and there's the you know that they didn't go into the intricacies of everything. So it's you know that the stories were fantastic, but. I think it's great that they're looking at these opportunities just to, you know, kind of add a little bit more meat to the bone. And, you know, and like you say, these subplots here and there. And it's I, I like it as an idea. I think it's it's a, an interesting take. And I mean, obviously, the proof's in the pudding. We'll see, you know, how it actually uh, transpires when we go and watch it. But, you know, our expectations are quite high and and. I think they'll deliver. So, you know, it's. I think it's. I think it's a really good idea, and and hopefully the, there's more of these to come as well. I think Andy, they don't normally make a movie to be just one movie. You know, I don't think. Mm-hmm. I don't think Marvel or not Marvel. Sorry, Disney are in the or Star Wars are in that game. I think there's proof in that. There's six, seven films come out from one <laughs> saga. I don't think that they make a movie just to make the one. So I think. Oh yeah, it but would it's, it's got like to be setup. good enough, hasn't it? Oh yeah, but I think they they pre-plan these things that if it hits, yeah. we have got more to come from this because yeah. I I don't think they'd be so single-minded without any planning because you know they would never purchase anything for that amount of money without having. Oh, obviously, I mean obviously you know not, I mean? but I think sometimes I think when things get going, it gets the creative juices flowing, and then suddenly you're thinking, oh well, that worked and this was popular. What, oh, yeah, what else could we set, uncover? You know what I mean. Set in stone. I don't yeah. think it would be set in stone. I yeah. just think they'd have plans. We could go this way, this way, this way, this way with it, and then whatever clicks. Because you know, when a movie comes out, you never mm-hmm. quite know what the audience is gonna click with. You know, yeah. which character, what person should we expand on that? So, yeah, I just, I just think let's let's give it a go and see what happens. I think there's there's potential in it. Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, are, are you like us both, Gags? Obviously, uh, me and Andy are really excited by the fact that, to me, I love the idea of, you know, this this line that you can quite easily pass over in them films because, you, you know, you're just enjoying it so much and you're waiting for, you know, the next part of Star Wars is is actually this really, you know, this amazing sort of mission, this really difficult mission. And now we're going to get to see how it was done. And, and there's just something about that that I love the idea of it, really. Me too. I think the unknown as well. The the unknown of it is just the best part. 
what's going to happen, what comes out of it is the, is the best bit. We know, like, there's that plot. But how does everything yeah. get there? Who are the key, yeah. you know, protagonists, antagonists? We don't know any of that bit, do we? No, no. So um, that's the bit that's exciting, you know, what, what and how, where we get, how we get there. No, couldn't, couldn't agree more. From uh, trailers and reports and things like that, um, it seems that this will be the Star Wars film with the least use of some of the more fantastical elements of, of, of the Star Wars universe, like the Force or lightsabers and things like that. Obviously, there'll still be some touches of these things and some references maybe, but it seems like it's, it, it's quite certain and it'll be the least use of those things. What, what are your thoughts on, on all that, Gax? Yeah. You know what? You do get a bit, when you, it's synonymous, isn't it? The force with Star mm-hmm. Wars. You think about it, you think, Oh my God, like, yeah. how, how can there not be, you know, the force? But I think it fits the story because they've all been wiped out, right? By Anakin. So, so mm-hmm. <laughs> there's only one, I think, left and a couple born somewhere hidden away. So I think it fits. And I think if you don't accept that, um, you're not really getting into the movie. You've got to get into where it is and what, what part of the, timeline that this movie's in and the only one that really has the power now is is the main man himself so i think there will be some force and there will be some lightsaber but it will be just the red one so <laughs> i think yeah it'll be interesting to see i think there will be something of it but um maybe they're playing it down there's rumors that there's there's some force in it but just not as much mm-hmm. you know what makes I mean? sense yeah it makes sense that and um, what about yourself andy I think for what Gags mentioned there in terms of continuity, it, it makes sense for there not to be too much in, you know, of the force and all that kind of stuff in it. Uh, I've got to, I've got to admit what I, re- you know, the parts that I really enjoyed uh, or particularly enjoyed in uh, the force awakens was, was seeing the battles in just, you know, normal daylight on land, you know, rather than everything being in space, that different setting, I just think is a different challenge to them. And it's kind of maybe along them lines that I, I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, how it's how it looks, you know, just seeing all the spaceships and everything else, you know, it, it, a ground battle. I mean, I watched, uh, I, forgive me for uh, divulging here, but for the first first time ever, I'd managed to actually properly watch the full um, Saving Private Ryan at the weekend, oh. and there's something about that epic ground battle that is just awe-inspiring, and I think. You know, kind of taking that from obviously from our world into into Star Wars, that kind of a, a setting, I think is is just you know it's a, it's another thing, you know, to sort of another box to tick, and, and I, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing how they, whether or not they can do something along them lines, you know. So it's just as something different again, you know, another it's just another area and another avenue to explore for them. So I don't think. It, you know that the force will like not just for continuity but for this i don't think it will really come into it too much in this movie yeah and i mean for, for me to some extent obviously I, like anybody else I, I love that whole mystical element and you know of the force and i also love lightsabers and things like that and the, but as we've touched on earlier you know you, you're always going to have them in this universe in, in some way shape or form in the other films and the films that are upcoming it it really interests me that this one, you know, will have less of that, and it's not not about necessarily, you know, not everybody in it, or you know, not the main characters necessarily. They don't always have to be destined for greatness or be special because of, you know, the special force powers that they've got. Obviously, I know 
in the other Star Wars films, not everyone's like that in fairness, but some of the characters, you know, that's such a major part of them. And I think it, I like this, like you both touched on, you know, this, these are the rebels at, at rock bottom, you know, the, the Jedi have been wiped out and, you know, they're, they're having to take this battle to these, you know, much more technologically superior, you know, the empire. And I love the idea of seeing, seeing how they go about that without, you know, massive use of the force and things like that. It's interesting to me to see them take that battle to them in a different way. And, you know, you've just led us on nicely to it, I suppose. Andy, would you mention Saving Private Ryan? Obviously, part of this film, you know, from the trailers and some of the talk, sounds like, obviously, Star Wars, as the name suggests, has always had war elements, you know, dotted throughout it. But this looks like it might have more of a dark and gritty, real war to it, whereas some of the the wars in a lot of the other battles have, have not had that sort of gritty element, I would say. How 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 do you think of that possibility, Andy? Like I said, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to that that kind of that grittiness. It is obviously it's it's still kind of a family movie, so you mm-hmm. you've, the way it's got to be handled is got to be careful. But you know, being a bit more gritty and like I say, just just you know, moving down a new avenue and or you know, exploring something slightly different and another way of taking this war. It's it's I think it's just really intriguing as to to how they handle it and and it's something i am looking forward to because it's it does i mean it, again going back to what gags has said you know in terms of the continuity you know the where the the time that it's set it was yeah and like you said you know the rebels were at their lowest ebb so it's it you know it all makes it all makes sense in terms of continuity that things will be a bit darker there will be more gritty you know and we don't have sort of the fantastical side of it so I'm I'm re- I am really looking forward to this and and just again I keep saying this word I'm just intrigued to see how it's all how it's done how it's laid out. Yeah, no, I think we're all in that. But what about yourself, Gags? Are I you, think you're the same. I hope that um, I hope that the, the comparison to Saving Private Ryan comes through. I want it to be flipping the oh, ground yeah. wars. You know, I want it to be ground mm-hmm. wars because we've seen loads of it. You know, we've seen mo- loads of mid space. You know, or space. You know, mm-hmm. wars up there and loads of. Um, fighters and stuff flying around and all that we've seen all that but i think the battle in um the episode seven force awakens you know when they were just when they were just on the ground and yeah. um they were just trying to fight them and they got she got captured didn't she ray there was yeah. some element of a, like a preview of a, a kind of a mm-hmm. battle coming up do you get what i mean there yeah so no totally i hope this one's obviously they've got no special powers now like you said it's all, all they can do is fight tactically oh, that's what i want to see tactical warfare if they can bring tactical warfare into star wars that that <laughs> would be fucking class imagine you know just all those oh, what are those called 80 80 what 80 80s are they or something yeah like, yeah they're, they're, you know fighting against them again but but you know proper tactically and, and just it'd be mad It'd be just mad, and if they had their own weapons as well. But obviously, the rebels have got no funding, nothing like that, have they? They just, they're just kind of—I don't know—special, like uh, in terms in terms of martial art. Like you know, they they just they, they're going to have their own skills, but they're real skills, not fantasy type skills. Do you get what I mean? They're more yeah. human skilled. So that's what yeah. we're going to get to see more now is that element. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. I think it should be really, really good. Yeah, I agree with, with you both. Obviously, we've, we've had, like you say, elements of this. Obviously, some of those, you know, bits of battles in uh, The Force Awakens and obviously 
the almost like battle, well the battle on Endor. Obviously, I know that that gets a lot of people angry with the reference to the Ewoks and things. And obviously, we've had the battle on Hoth and different things like that throughout the don't, Star Wars. Don't talk film. Ewoks. Do not talk Ewoks. Oh no, uh, that that's the last I'll say on them. I know it uh, gets a lot of people hot under the collar, uh, but um, I think um, like you both said, I think there's a few signs that it could be this more grittier type of warfare. And as you say, guys, you know in terms of maybe having to use different skills to, to succeed. And that really intrigues me. That's all. I'm just looking forward to seeing seeing exactly how that plays out. I'm now getting to the bit that I, I, I know gags for definite, uh, and I'm probably am the two most looking forward to about this film, and I think a hell of a lot of the people who will be watching it feel exactly the same. We're going to get a chance again to see a, 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 a relatively young, or, or you could argue a peak Darth Vader, that will hopefully do justice to the character again. How excited are you by that, Gags? Oh, man, this guy, man, you know. <laughs> I, I rate him as the best villain I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. He's so unique, isn't he? Like, he is Star Wars for me, Joe. I can't tell yeah. you what joy this character brings to me, even though <laughs> all he does is inflict pain. <laughs> you know, when they announced episode seven, there was always a feeling inside me, like, said that this is all good, everything's exciting, but there's no Darth Vader. And, you know, how the fuck did they replace that? And I don't actually think they did. You know, Kylo ended up looking like a bit of a fool towards the end. And he he actually needs a rebuild job in episode eight. So mm-hmm. as soon as they announced this, you know, I thought I was way more excited just to see because Vader was back in a movie. And this character, let me say, like this character is probably one of the only ones that's had six movies revolving around him. Yeah, he mm-hmm. plays the antagonist and protagonist in those movies. There's not many like that. And it all revolves around his character. And he's mm-hmm. the one who started it all, really, kind of thing. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. His character totally. has it all, the selfishness, the, or destiny, good v. bad, family ties, love, despair. It's got so much depth to just one bloody character. It's magnificent in creation, to be honest. And then you just yeah. look at him, listen to him. It's so iconic, all of it. The breathing, the heartbeat. He's dressed in all black, totally contrasting off of white stormtroopers when he's around. It, how they've made that happen is perfection. He has a cape like a superhero. The fact that he's pretty much on a life support inside this, you know, robotic armor. He's, he's actually dead inside. It's awesome. It's unbelievable. The use of his powers, you know, the red lightsaber. Like, fuck off if you think there's anyone better. Then Darth Vader. Just fuck <laughs> off. Darth Vader would kick all of Marvel's ass. <laughs> Basically. Fair, fair I, I'm not gonna I'm I'm not gonna argue with you considering you're the boss, so I'll just I'll just take <laughs> no that arguing. as it's better. No, no, no. No, I, I, no, I, I love the character as well, and I mean you you you've hit on so much much about what's great about him. I think two of the things I like most about Darth Vader are um, one you mentioned, I love the fact that this character who is so, so powerful has this massive weakness of, you know, as you say, supported by technology. And it doesn't at all detract from your fear factor of this character. He is the baddest man in the universe, despite having this weakness. You know, you can hear him with his breathing, as you say. And I just love that. I also love the fact that, you know, Despite what I've just said, and I suppose what I've just said is still correct, you know, the Emperor is the most powerful character, I suppose, if you just want to look at that. 
but it was Darth Vader that everybody thinks of and everyone is scared of for the, the reasons you've mentioned. And the final thing I love about the character is I love, I love how despite how good he is with a lightsaber and despite, you know, his presence at the, you know, at the very top of the empire along with the emperor and having these technological weapons that can destroy planets. He still values the force and respects the force more than any of that. And I just think that makes him such an interesting character and, you know, just, just, just a great, great bad guy. What about yourself, Andy? Uh, just when, when you say, you know, we're going to see peak, uh, Darth Vader, mm-hmm. it, it, it brings to me, uh, I've got a Steven Gerrard analogy for your honour. <laughs> we've, we've seen Darth Vader in his... Uh, we've seen him break into the team and be forced to play it right back. We've seen him play defensive midfield and his legs are almost gone. But now we're going to see him in his Olympiakos moment. His 2006 FA Cup final moment. You know, th- this is what we're going to see. Now we're going to see peak Darth Vader. So, um, yeah, um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. It's always nice to bring it round to Liverpool, oh, by the way. <laughs> if, that, if, that doesn't, if you're a Liverpool fan and you're listening to that and you love Star Wars and that doesn't get you excited, I don't think anything will. I mean, it, uh, I, I love it. Love that analogy. Um, just, just leads us on greatly to the next question. I think Gags has almost answered it. So I'll come to Gags second in case he's got anything to add. But... Where where would you rank Darth Vader in screen baddies, Andy? How how high up is he for you? Well, for me, he he is and forever will be one of the most iconic screen baddies of all time. I, I think it's difficult to have a definitive, you know, the best or you know the top three and all this. But in the short list of you know of, of greatest movie baddies of all time he's he's got to be right up there you know you know within within that sort of uh, that that very top echelon absolutely iconic figure and like gag said you know the movies have, have effectively been built around him um just it's awe inspiring you know them original movies that when you see them as a kid you know even even the the breathing though was all kind of part of that character that made him. Yeah. It almost made him sort of half man, half robot, and you know that I don't know that sort of that bit more intimidating. He was just something that just jumped out of the screen at you, and it was just wow. You you just captivated by this by this character, and it's you know and and all this by an actor who's you know nobody really knew, and you never saw his face. And you know, and the voice was somebody else's voice, and it was, it, it was just something so different and difficult. I think for for any other on-screen bad guy character to have quite sort of captured the essence that Darth Vader did in 1977, and and still does, you know, what nearly 40 years later. Yeah, no, so summed up really well there, and I'm glad you mentioned that voice, that James Earl Jones voice. I think Gags touched on it as well. It just, it was an imposing character anyway, but when you add that voice into it too, it's just uh, some, something else. What about you, Gags? I think, yeah, I think we know your answer from before. I, I think people, as in critics and all that, can't ever put a, 
a top three, but personally, you can. So, like, for me, he's number one. And then I'd put, mm-hmm. like, from childhood, I'd put someone like Freddy Krueger in there as another mm-hmm. that scared the living shit out of me when I was a kid. <laughs> and then I'd put someone like Mularam from um, Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom. As a, as a, as a <laughs> because, but that's probably because more, because I've seen him in so many Bollywood films as well. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought he was a really good villain in, in, like, in, in everything he did. So, yeah, but for me, Darth Vader, number one. I've explained it all why anyway, so... No, no, you explained really well before. I think uh, he's definitely up there for me. I feel a little bit ashamed that I described him as a baddie. Um, villain, I suppose, would be a better term. I think I'm going back to my childhood because I'm talking Baddies about Star fine, Wars. Dude. Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's one of them. I think uh, he's, he's just a fantastic character. I think the only rivals for me in different ways and the different types of film, obviously, but is Hannibal Lecter is up there and uh, the Joker by Heath Ledger I think was another amazing villain but you know the the they're, they're all at the very top and they're all you know fantastic in so many ways so no I'd find it hard to separate them but I'm just glad we're getting a glimpse of evade it again like you both are another thing that sort of some people are have sort of commented upon and some people have been un- unhappy about or found it maybe slightly controversial have been that the last the last two Star Wars films obviously including this the main role has been a female character what do you think about that Gags any thoughts on that at all yeah I mean personally I think it's a load of bollocks women have been integral mm-hmm. to Star Wars throughout all the six originals and then you know with Leia and Padme mm-hmm. both yeah. hugely integral to the plot and there was never really one star, was there? It was always about no. Vader. But look at the three positive roles. You had Luke, Leia, and Han. You know, it wasn't yeah. wasn't one. Mm-hmm. They all had their own arcs. Yeah, while well, Luke yeah. was the main, because he was his son, but and, and Leia was the daughter, but, and, the, and the story kind of went around. But they were big stars from that film. They were, they had their own major arcs, you know, stories. And mm-hmm. then you got Ray, Finn, and Poe coming through in the next one now. Because Poe, they said, was it, wasn't even going to be, they were going to kill him off first. But they've yeah. got, but they gave him a little bit more towards the end because he's got a lot more to come. Do you get what I mean? In the next, in the yeah. next lot. And you can see that coming through. And obviously, Kylo was there assuming the Vader light duties. Mm-hmm. But I always think they've gone for more than just one star, you know, but obviously this isn't yeah. a Star Wars movie per se. It's a, mm-hmm. it's not an episode, is it? It's like, like we've talked about. It's, it's kind mm-hmm. of a spin off. Is that probably the yeah. better word? So yeah. can we really compare it? To the others, mm-hmm. you know, we don't know. And it seems like there's four or five that are going to be, you know, pretty big looking at the casting as well in yeah. this film. I know she's got the main role, but it looks like there's going to be other stars made at the same time. So I I, I don't think it's a, it's a major issue. I think a lot of films are going this way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, what are they going to complain about next, Finn? Not being white or something. I don't. Uh, you know what I mean? What, <laughs> what 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 angle will it take next? Is it sexism, racism? What they're going to do? You know, it's it's yeah. fine. It's just normal. I think it's just the way. You know, the story. Maybe that's the way the story went. You know, mm-hmm. had to be a daughter. Yeah. Didn't have to be a son. We'll find out what mm-hmm. what happens. And um, you know, it's just who knows what the plot's going to where the plot brings it. You know, brings it. I think give it a chance. I I I hate it when people start doing this though that it's woman orientated or it's male orientated. I don't think you should look at a movie like that. I agree. I agree. What about yourself, Andy? I think, like Gag said, you know, Star Wars has always had strong female characters. So, I mean, personally, I, I don't understand how it 
can be or even should be controversial. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's just I think it's you know one of them things that's kind of accepted really. You know, the the strong there are strong female characters within Star Wars. There always has been, and it's just a continuation of that theme. And and that's you know, I I, I mean, I honestly don't see how that should be controversial to to some people who watch the movie so i mean for me though perhaps you know the next step for star wars could be to have a female as a lead villain you know that that would be that would be kind of breaking the next barrier for me rather than you know because we see leads you know uh, lead characters being females you know in in so many movies it it's you know it's the norm it as it should be so yeah having Having a female as as one of the lead villains that that now that's that's a challenge that that's one for me to uh, whoever's making the movies at Disney let's what about that then see how that sets with people if they think it's controversial having a, a you know a lead female character uh, on the good side let's let's have one on the bad side let's have a female Darth Vader let's see how that one goes well I think that uh, I, think, I think that's on the cards isn't it because of, is it Captain Phasma from uh, the Force mm. Awakens I think. A lot of people were actually uh, excited by that prospect. Obviously, I know the role in the end wasn't that large, but uh, I think it was Gwendolyn Christie. I, I think the, that role's probably going to be expanded in some of the, the next films. And I think you're right. That, that's a really exciting prospect, Andy, that. And, and I, I share both your views. I, I don't really get how this is a, an issue. Maybe I shouldn't have asked her in a way, but I think I just wanted to have you know, hear your thoughts, you know, to see what they wear and that they do echo mine. I think all that matters is that the character is interesting and, uh, you know, you do the character justice as well. And it doesn't really matter whether they're male or female, as long as they're interesting to watch and, you know, have a journey that people want to, want to follow. And I, I'm fairly certain that will be the case in this film, like it was with Ray. So, and also, I, I, I just think, obviously, there was a similar thing over Ghostbusters and the female Ghostbusters. There's a part of me that just thinks it's great for young young girls to have more people like this, if they like this type of film, that they can... Obviously, I know they can relate anyway, but it, it's nice for them to be able to, you know, dress up as the likes of Ray and things like that and have fun or dress up as Ghostbusters. So I just think it's a, it, it, it's a, it's a nice thing myself. But anyway, moving on from that... Um, obviously we've mentioned throughout the pod some of the, some of the, some of the great actors in this, you know, the likes of Forrest Whitaker, Ben Mendelssohn, Mads Mikkelsen, Riz Ahmed. Are there any in particular that you're looking forward to seeing, Gags? And if so, why? Oh man, there's a, you know, since we had our little chat, there's quite a few now <laughs> I'm really looking forward to seeing. I, I, I mean, Ben Mendelssohn. I don't think many people, I don't know if many people know of him or have heard of him, but I watch, um, Bloodline on Netflix mm-hmm. and, um, it's, it's a really good show. It's probably not for everybody. It's a drama and it was really good. And he was the, the villainous, well, not the villain, I'd say the negative role in that, in that show, Ben Mendelssohn. And he's, mm-hmm. he was so eerie, you know, he could portray a character that you can feel something for. So he's a really, really good actor. You know, he got the, he won the Emmy for that as a supporting actor as well. So it shows you how well he portrayed, you know, um, Danny in that, in that show. And, um, he'll get you believing whatever the character requires, yeah. basically. If he's going to be a manipulative bastard, that's going to come across. And obviously <laughs> we don't know how much of a role he has in this. Um, but, you know, if you just go and watch season one of Bloodline, 
He's fucking amazing. And, you know, I doubt that is, it's, it's going to be much of a side role. I think it'll be a, quite a, a, a substantial role if they casted him in it. And I'm really excited about this bit of casting because he's, he's an excellent, you know, actor. And there's a little bit of a tidbit, actually. The director, um, they were saying, you know, cause normally the character that he's portraying, they're normally like in the old films, they all had like British accents. So the director, <laughs> Gareth Edwards, he goes, um, he goes, it, it feels like if the Empire ever had a job vacancy, they go to the Royal Shakespeare Company to head on people. <laughs> and he goes, <laughs> he goes, I like the idea that Ben's character was much more working class because they actually were, he was actually thinking that I need to put a, uh, um, you know, a voice on here to be a bit more posh like. But um I think they're gonna stick with Harry Speaks because I don't think they want to do that and uh and, and copy too much of what's happened in the past. So I thought that was quite an interesting little quote, you know, oh, about, de- his, definitely. about his character. I could I could I, I probably I'm off the wrong I think he might even be Australian, you know. Is he? So I, All right, I don't I know. think so. I could be wrong there, but I, I think he is and, and if he is that's even more testament to how good he is, as you say, mm. in bloodline. You, you wouldn't know he wasn't American. No. And, you know, obviously he may well be English, but I, I'm sure I've heard somewhere that he's Australian, but you wouldn't know it from watching him in anything because he's just so good. I've seen him in a film as well, starred up, and uh, he didn't have a, as big a role in that, but he was excellent in that too. And I'm really looking forward to seeing him. And I think, like you touched on, Gags, he really looks the part as well for one of those Empire characters. He looks like he could have walked out of yeah, one of the yeah, earlier Star Wars films. He's got, he's got a films. really, like, thingy face. He's got a really, like, yeah. you know, the villain face. Can I just go yeah. on to another one as well? Riz, Riz Ahmed. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've watched much of what Riz Ahmed's done in his career, but oh yeah, he's he's playing the character of Brody Rook, I think, and again, he's fucking fantastic and he's a he's a British Pakistani as well. I'm so proud mm-hmm. that a British Asian is in fucking Star Wars. I'm so pumped <laughs> for this. Honestly, it's just... And he's such a great actor as well. Amazing. Oh, if you've yeah. not watched his performance in the Night Of television show, mm-hmm. wow. He is so great. brilliant. And he's also in a movie, I think that's critically acclaimed, I haven't seen it, uh, Nightcrawler. And also, oh, he's amazing in that. Yeah, and then he's yeah. also in the new Jason Bourne movie too, so I need to watch both of them. But... um he had the main role in the night of it took four years to make that TV show one season, mm-hmm. you know, and he absolutely yeah. nailed it. So yeah, the casting fantastic. for me in this film just gets better and better. I'll let Andy have a go now before I ever fucking go in. <laughs> for your name, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Doing the go on, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you mentioned uh, the voice of James Earl Jones earlier and um, yeah, I, I am. I'm looking forward to hearing James L. Jones do the voice of Darth Vader again. He's just a icon, you know, iconic character, but his voice is iconic as well. Just, I mean, he's in himself an iconic actor, but his voice is just tremendous anyway. And just through whatever movie he's done, he he has got one of them rare voices that just kind of, I, I don't know what it is that really just grabs you and, and it's oh, fantastic. Uh, if he wasn't an actor, he, he'd just make millions from doing voiceovers anyway. <laughs> he's he's oh, that good. Funny. But but the the one actor in it that for me I'm I am particularly looking forward to is is Forrest Whitaker. Uh, his performance in the Shield it really it uh, just absolutely grabbed me. And I know that yeah I know some may think of him for his movie roles, uh, but his but the portrayal of his character alongside Michael Chiklis in the Shield is the most memorable for me. Uh, you know, Chicklis was the the crooked cop who who should really have been the bad guy, but 
there was something about him that made you want to root for him. Uh, he was almost like the anti-hero. And, but in trying to bring him down, Forrest Whitaker should have been the good guy in, in, the, in the series. You know, on screen, he should have seen the, like, the good guy. But he made sure that you wanted him to fail. And, and I don't know, I just thought he helped create you know, even further emotional investment in Chiklis's character. He just has this sort of poise about him. And, you know, I'm really looking forward to, to, to what he does in this. Because, I, I mean, I loved The Shield. As a TV series, I just thought it was just incredible. A, a fantastic storyline the way everything, the, the whole way it was done. And his character, Forrest Whitaker, brought something different to it. And like I say, the, the way he portrayed it was just... Uh, just something different about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's just such a great actor, and I I am really looking forward to seeing him in this. Just what he does and how he does it. No, couldn't couldn't agree more with you on, on Forrest Whitaker. Uh, obviously, he's done so many films where where he's done some excellent work. But like yourself, I was a massive massive fan of The Shield, and he was so good in it. And I'm so interested to see what what he will bring to. To, to the Star Wars universe, along with those other actors we've mentioned, and that leads us nicely on to, obviously, Star Wars has always had a mixture of relatively unknown faces and more established, well-respected actors, obviously, the likes of Hamill and Ford and Ridley, uh, you know, relatively unknowns when they, when they made their films, and obviously, you've got the likes of Alec Guinness, Peter Cushing, Liam Neeson, etc. throughout some of the others, and obviously in this film you've got Felicity Jones, relatively unknown, and then the likes of the people we've mentioned before. Why do you think they always tend to have this blend of, you know, fresh faces or relatively unknown actors and more established, well, well-respected actors in this world? And I'll start with yourself, please, Andy. It's, I think it's that blend that you spoke of, and that, it's something that I've always liked about it as well. It's, you know, it's almost like it's, you know, those experienced actors bringing on the, the inexperienced ones, you know, and, and helping them grow into that lead role so that they, you know, the movie isn't all about, you know, if, if you've got these big name actors in the lead roles, you, the danger is that the movie becomes all about them, them actors, you know, whoever they are, but they're not, they're the supporting ones. They're bringing these unknowns. And, and it's like, almost like then sometimes if you've got unknowns in, as your leads, perhaps sometimes you kind of lose the movie because, you don't have that sort of sense of familiarity about anybody on screen. So you've got the, the faces, you know, in a support to, to help you help guide you through. And I think if they behind the scenes, they'll, they'll help bring them on and probably on camera as well. You know, they help sort of gravitate them. But at the same time, I think it's, it's like a challenge for these, you know, established actors, especially the likes of, you know, Sir Alec Guinness, and, and Peter Cushing, how, how different it would have been for them, you know, at their stages of their career to to do a role, you know, in a science fiction fantasy movie, you know, something completely and totally different from doing theatre and Shakespeare and everything like that to go into this. Mm-hmm. It's it's just that I just love that blend. And, and like you say, those different challenges and and, and the different things that it offers. And I, th- I think it's uh, it's it's i think it's actually it's kind of part of the the star wars magic it's it's all part of what makes it what it is yeah no great i think we covered it in previous pods joe i think some of them as well like goodness mm-hmm. he didn't didn't believe in the project did he, he just thought it was a payday oh no, no. <laughs> yeah only afterwards did he realize okay this is pretty good 
this is going <laughs> to do really well. But yeah, I think I think that's not the case anymore. Now I think mm. people are desperate because you've got to a stage where people that have had stellar careers uh, are looking for you know something to be part of that that you know mm-hmm. becomes like ev- you know it stays with you forever. And I think yeah. Star Wars. People are so, you know, people are actually desperate because they've watched it as a kid as well. We've got to that point where, you know, someone who's at the back end of their career was actually young when they were watching Star Wars as well. Do you know what I mean? So they're going to, they're going to want to be part of it. It's not, you won't have that case anymore where it's like, nah, it's just a payday. Now it's Mm -hmm. like prestigious. It means something to be part of a Star Wars movie and I, and I want to be a part of it and I need to be a part of it. And it's like a little bucket list tick as well for them. So they just want to smash it. I think, I think, I think what Andy said as well, it's the magic having the mix of, you know, decorated actors in it and then also people that you've not seen i mean episode seven did that beautifully did they had the they had those that were newcomers <laughs> now as the oldies in this one that one and and, and basically they they casted it so well didn't they with ray and finn oh yeah. like they absolutely Definitely. nailed it so i trust them i trust them to do it again i think they've i mean t- people the, the people that, it's actually a big cast i think felicity jones has done quite a few other things that are of note as well so mm-hmm. I, I just think that there's it's it's quite loaded when you look at it now it's yeah. quite loaded it's quite a loaded mm-hmm. cast so um yeah i'm i'm really really looking forward to it i think um i think they've they've definitely put a lot of people into this that could that are talented mm-hmm. and not many yeah. that are just you know uh, just put them together. It doesn't matter. They've they've looked at it and put some talented people together. Oh, definitely, definitely. Don't don't get me wrong when I say unknowns. I'm talking relative unknowns. Obviously, Harrison Ford had done things as well, and you know things like that. But you know, re- to to the vast majority of the audience won't have seen the likes of Felicity Jones in, in, in a lot of things. And despite her talent, I think that's great because then it gives you that sort of you're discovering this character, they're not bringing too much with them from other things you've seen them in. So you're able to discover them and learn about them in a way where you're not bringing your own baggage, you know, which I think is an advantage. And like he's both said as well, you've got these other actors, you know, established, you know, high quality, well-respected, and they bring a gravitas and, and ground the fantasy. It makes it much more believable, you know, when, when you've got the likes of an Alec Guinness talking about the force, it makes it much more believable and more real than somebody else because he gives it that weight just by it being him talking about it and his performance. And, you know, I love that blend between the two. Uh, it really excites me. And I like seeing these sort of more established actors working with the new actors because, like Andy said, I think it often brings the best out of both. And that's something I'm really looking forward to. Obviously, we've mentioned a few of the elder statesmen and uh, supporting actors from earlier Star Wars films. Uh, Do you have a particular favourite who stands out for you? And if so, why, Gags? It's got to be Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's got to be Guinness, you know. It just, Mm -hmm. I think that his character just stays with you. And it's always that voice, isn't it, in the back of Luke's head. Mm -hmm. And um, that sticks with you, man, you know, (laughs) in all the movies. And and then he appears as a hologram all the time, doesn't he? (laughs) the rest of the time so he's there um despite being smaller role obviously in the others but mm-hmm. it was um his voice it sticks with you i think and i know be one it's a mythical kind of really powerful character isn't it and obviously they they show him when he's younger i don't think um you i think you mcgregor did a good job with it but i don't think it kind of lived up to you know what guinness did i suppose they're in their own 
different in their own ways, yeah. I suppose. But um, yeah, I think Alec Guinness, Alec Guinness, sorry, was was probably the best one for me. Yeah, no, uh, totally agree. Uh, 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 it's hard to look past them. Not, not, no reflection on anyone else, as you say, but it's just hard to look past them, you know, as well as being so wise. He was, he was tough when he needed to be, but I suppose the ultimate thing from him is, you know, you, you, you know, you really cared about that character, you know, you, you know, you felt a great loss, like, like the character of Luke did. You know that that's how well he was portrayed. Although you'd only see him in in this at that time in this one film, and he, he he wasn't the central character, but you really felt it. You know, I think anybody who liked Star Wars and watched that film was devastated by what happened to him in it. And I think that's that's a credit to 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 Alec Guinness especially. What about yourself, Andy? Are we going to have a full house on on Alec Guinness, or is there anybody else? Nah, Peter Cushing for me. I've got to go against you. Sorry. No, no, that's <laughs> I, great. Hey, I, I just him as Grand Moff Tarkin. That uh, he, he almost overshadowed Vader, uh, and he was just something about him as well. His demeanor, that his the he here again. You know, you're talking about people who had a face that just looks the part. His face just looks a slappable the part. face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he just looks evil. He has he. he I don't know. He he has everything. He takes the character perfectly, and the way he speaks, everything. He's just so so cold and so callous and, and calculating. And it's like you say, he's, it you know, he almost is like we. That was in that first one, in the absence of the emperor, you know, really coming onto screen. He was almost the guy that was in charge of Vader. You know, he 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 could he could control Vader, and it just you know he. Such a strong character on on screen. I know he wasn't, you know, he didn't have a massive role. He wasn't on screen a hell of a lot, but ah, something about uh, the the way he put it across, something about him on there just really stuck with me. Yeah, I thought he was brilliant. No, uh, you're right. It mightn't have been the biggest roles, but very memorable. And as you say, it needed a, a, a high caliber actor with a, with a certain something to be believable as someone with authority over Vader. And I think obviously he was the right man for it and he did, he did it excellently. And, you know, I suppose that's why we're still talking about it so many years later. So no, I c- couldn't agree more. They're another excellent choice. Well, I think that's about it now, other than final thoughts. And for anybody who's avoided, you know, seeing trailers or anything like that, we're probably now about to just dip into the trailers in a bit more specificity really we're going to look at them in a bit more detail mainly from gags who i know has, has seen them all me and andy tend to avoid them a bit more than gags but so if anybody is wants to avoid anything like that now's the time to to turn off i'd just like to say to you we will be coming back with our reviews of the film once we've seen it so i hope you'll join us again now as i say please turn off now if you don't want to hear anything about the trailers so, Gags, obviously me and Andy haven't seen as much of the trailers as yourself, and I know obviously you've seen them. What, what were your thoughts on them, and is there anything you'd like to, to mention? I haven't seen, who... I haven't seen, like, I've not studied them or anything. I've just noticed a few things, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, just some of the backgrounds and the landscaping and stuff, it just reminds you a little bit, like, of A New Hope. So whether that's subtle references to it or what during the film, I don't know, but very, very eerily similar, similar, you know, types of, um, views and stuff. Um, I think, I think one of the big ones was a fallen Jedi statue. I don't know if you've seen that one. 
but it actually looks okay. like Obi Wan. Uh, the statue that it, with the lightsaber in his hand, it actually looks like it's Obi Wan. Uh, but who's obviously he's in hiding now with the and and he's got the Skywalker baby separated. But I think that 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 sets a scene as well. You know, like you said earlier about the Force not mm-hmm. being there. That's telling you pretty much. You know, with that with that. The, the the thing I get from it immediately is, and this is not a spoiler, it's, they've told people this, that there's not much of the force in there, mm-hmm. but looking at that statue being down in the dust, in the sand, half covered up with a lightsaber, looking like Obi-Wan or with the hood on, you know, it just tells you straight away, you know, don't expect mm-hmm. anything in this from from that. They're, they're telling you, look, he's killed everybody. He's absolutely yeah. killed all the kids as well. You know this. Why are you watching if you don't? You know. <laughs> so the only thing you're going to see is this bloody uh, red lightsaber, and a, you know, and it's a fucking badass one as well. <laughs> so, and then just some of the war scenes that they showed. I think that Andy touched on. They look great. There are loads of explosions going on. It looks tactical, like you know, they're hiding behind things, and you know, they look like proper in 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 on on a mission. You know, it's like a proper mm-hmm. mission. And uh, yeah. I hope, like we said earlier, I hope it's a proper battle movie because that's what Rebels v Empire should be. Mm-hmm. And um, I hope it's all, you know, sneaky, sneaky stuff. I just, I would, I would love to see that. I mean, I can't wait to see it. So, again, like I said before, I hope it's tactical warfare in there, and um, we we see some. So th- those are the type of things I've, I've I didn't go too much into uh, analyzing mm-hmm. them, but just little things I noticed here and there that I think will be subtle references in the movie when you go. And she, she also the, the main lead also says, "May the force be with you." So mm-hmm. you know, and there's a few scenes like that where you know it it looks like there's a lady standing next to her, and she says, "Let the force." let the force decide or something like that to her. So mm-hmm. that's why it just gave me little hints to thinking, hmm, that's weird. Why would you say that to her, you know, to the main lead? So yeah. that's what just gave little things of thinking, make you think, but you know what trailers are like? They they, they, they force you down the wrong route so much. <laughs> no one expected Ray to be the one, did they? <laughs> I no, think everybody thought no. it was going to be Finn first, didn't they? Remember from when he's got the yeah. lightsaber in the trailer. So right. they lead you up wrong, wrong paths. Anyway, they do this on purpose and it ends mm-hmm. up being at totally opposite. So yeah, so, you know, if you are still listening, it's just some, some, things that I've noticed but otherwise it's uh I think there's plenty of um you know conspiracy theories going on and all this so it's just online though I won't repeat any of them because it will just spoil mm-hmm. it so have a have a have a go and have a read and look through forums and stuff there's lots of interesting things they're trying to take out from these 30 second trailers <laughs> it's yeah, mad yeah. how far they go you're it's right mad. you're right it's out it's out there if you want that type of thing equally if you don't want to go too far into it like myself and Andy and obviously Gags has dipped into the trailers a little bit but as he said he hasn't gone into too much depth because this pod wasn't really about that it's no. more just about the excitement for the upcoming exactly. film we don't want to no. you know we don't want to spoil it for ourselves or for any of the listeners mm-hmm. we just want to give you wet your appetite I suppose so do either of you have any final thoughts before we finish I just think everybody dies <laughs> Even though I think there's a, there's always a sequel, I just think Vader kills everyone. That would be the best thing ever. <laughs> I, I think they're going to set it up for an Ewok movie. <laughs> no! G- gags will be made up. Gags will be made up with that. I so. fucking hate the Ewoks, man. Or a, or a Jar Jar Binks backstory. Oh, no! <laughs> torture! <laughs> torture! Well, combine the, the, combine the two, and it would be Gags' favourite film. So I, I like his style. I like his style. I think that's a good place to end then. Um, thanks to everybody who's listened um, hope you will return when we do our review of the film and I hope it lives up to all our expectations um, 
You can find more of my thoughts and obviously more of AI Movie Nights on Twitter at Joe Simpson 79 also at AI Movie Night, and please download the app. It's excellent. It has all the Movie Nights and every other show on the AI channel on there, so please do that. I'd obviously like to thank both my guests. Gags, have you got anything to plug? No, just what I said, just support the show, support AI Movie Net and all the shows that are on the AI channel side that are non-footy. We, uh, they've seen a big bump since the website's, um, turned up. So it's very nice to see and, um, people, people going on there and having a listen, um, if they don't have the app. So yeah, you can now listen via the website. They have their own areas. You don't have to, um, go on the app either so if you if you if you don't like mm-hmm. downloading apps and using your your stuff you know using memory up and stuff you can always use the website and it's amphilindex.com forward slash podcasts and all of them are there whether they be channel uh or um all the football ones so i think the, i think this is all going to be under geek so amphilindex.com forward slash geek <laughs> for this stuff yeah <laughs> you'll find it all there. Uh, i i echo gags as- points there and he's, he's too uh, modest to say but it genuinely really is great the website please check it out it's got a bit of everything for you there and what about yourself andy i've just done a uh, another reds review reviewing all of uh, november's action i had a brilliant guest on uh, chris williams he, he was excellent and uh, it was a really good show be i think it'll be a really enjoyable listen for anyone out there so please do uh Go check out the latest Reds review. Oh, I will do. I always enjoy that show, so uh, I'll definitely be checking that out, and I'd encourage anybody else to. Just one final plug for me. Uh, I've got another show that I'm really excited about coming up. It's going to be The Untouchables. I've got uh, Martin Fitzgerald from the Anfield Rap and from Ram Album Club coming on, and also Chris Hewitt from the empire podcast and empire magazine so if you like the untouchables please have a listen to that as well thanks to my guests and thanks to everyone listening Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.